prom, guys? Just scope in your civilian wardrobe. Pretty cool, huh? For a fashion victim. Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the diet frozen yogurt bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. That's a very serious book, man. Only five in existence. Four, actually. I'm always looking out for the other three. Look, you can't put the Superman number 77s with the 200s. They haven't even discovered red kryptonite yet. And you, uh, you can't put the number 98s with the 300s. Lori Lamaris hasn't even been introduced. Where the hell are you from? Krypton? Phoenix, actually. But lucky me, we moved here. Take this. I don't like horror comics. You like this one, Mr. Phoenix. It could save your life. Hey! Hey! going on everybody welcome to the everyday's Halloween podcast today again i'm joined with our co-host jill killington hi everybody hello it's good seeing you again good seeing you again uh how are you are you doing in the world i'm doing good in the <laughs> world i think i'm doing pretty pretty okay right now how about yourself i'm doing fine i've been getting over a cold since south by southwest so i've just been taking it easy how was uh south by southwest man i'd never been before it's an amazing festival yeah yeah, was it a party Austin, like we said last week? Yeah, Austin's incredible. I was only there for the film section of it, but mm-hmm. um, the movies, I don't know. It's like such a love of film there. Like I saw three movies there. I saw um, uh, my producing partner, Nate Lee, did a movie called Hail Mary that premiered there mm-hmm. uh, that was received really well. And I don't know, the, the premiere for that was awesome. Uh, my friend, uh, Chris Kasich did a movie called Citizen Sleuth. That's a documentary that premiered there that did really well. And then we got to go to, um, the premiere of John Wick 4, which was like, it was like seeing Keanu Reeves in concert because he was there (laughs) and presented the movie with Chad Zaleski. So it was like the two of them sat in the audience with a lot of the crew watching the movie and like people kept on yelling, like, get up Keanu and like, you know. We love you, Keanu. And I was just like, be cool, guys. He's right there. Right, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So is it not like, I would imagine it would be like, that's a disturbance in the theater. Like, you know, we have the creators of the film here, but it's more like people are just stoked to watch the movie and have a good time. Yeah, everybody is there. Like, you know, it's um, fa- true fans who stood in line and waited to go see it. Uh, and then, yeah, we got to watch the movie. It's absolutely like maybe the best action movie ever made for my money. Oh, yeah, that's good. You see, so you liked it. Would you say you liked it more than the last three? I mean, I it's hard to say. I, I want to go see it um, in the theater again. Yeah. Because I can't decide if I'm just biased because, like, 
literally watching the movie and being able to hear Keanu in the audience, like kind of laughing and enjoying yeah. his own movie. That's so like, bizarre. That's, it really is. It's like, you know, watching the Rolling Stones with Mick Jagger next to you. It's right. Too weird. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's the stunts, the colors, the cinema. It's incredible. It's a really, really good movie. Cool. So that was South by Southwest was incredible. All the movies. I don't know. I, it's just a true love for filmmaking and mm-hmm. For interesting cinema and Austin's awesome. I thought it was such a cool, creative uh, festival. Absolutely, yeah, so everybody in the industry is there. I mean, it it was really cool. Like I've never been to South uh, South by Southwest before. I was supposed to go in 2020, but obviously it's the pandemic. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then uh, I I haven't ever been to Sundance either. I've been to Cannes, but it's like this this is like the coolest festival I know of in America. It's oh yeah, no like, doubt. Yeah. So it was, uh, I know I, I was going to bring it up during the postmortem part of this, but uh, Lance Reddick passed away, sadly. Yeah, he was still alive and, and well when we watched the movie. So there was no sad. No way. Okay. Yeah, because we watched it on like the Monday before he passed. I think he passed on the Friday. So wow. it's, you know, it's I when I saw that he'd passed, I was, um, you know, it, it's it was a surprise, obviously. But yeah, I saw the movie without any sort of like. right he was a lovely lovely actor i never knew him or anything yeah well it's crazy they added the thing at the end of the movie like in memory of lance reddick so it's crazy that you saw a copy of it without that like i mean again it's not that big a difference it's not like i saw the shining with the original sure right (laughs) (laughs) but it's like this weird like moment in time like nobody else could see that you know what i mean in that little blip of a a time interesting it's like we live in a time where it's very easy for them to just like add that to that file to like all the digital files around the world. It's crazy. But back in the day, they couldn't have done that. They would have had to like sit there and reprint the film or splice in a specific frame. Like, yeah. To him. It's yeah, uh, good that they did that because he obviously was such a huge part of the movie. Yeah. No, I, I think it's really cool though, too, that you got to see the movie. Like, no offense to Lance Riggs passing and stuff, but you know, like, I think he'd want everybody to have like such a good time with the movie and have fun with it and stuff. So it was, you know. Again, it's like as a film fan, um, I'm glad I got to just really enjoy it because mm-hmm. it really is like those kind of movies. Like, I don't even know what it would be like to have had The Dark Knight come out and Heath Ledger had lived. You know what I right. mean? Like, yeah. it's just like those things color a movie in such a way. Like, it just it really changes your reception of it. Big time, you know? yeah. It's like Earth One and Earth Two and like DC Universe stuff, you know. <laughs> oh, you've gone over my head on that. I'm not. <laughs> I lose. I lose track of all the infinite crises and it's okay. the uh, infinite Earths. Your your girl doesn't keep up with that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's I'm only... a light DC fan or like a Bat fan. Like, yeah. I'm, I don't know. I have a Superman with a mullet doll. I know about like the movie that was going to be made with a. Uh, Nicholas Cage, but yeah, I'm yeah. not so familiar with a different Earth. Yeah, I think we talked about John Schnepp for like a hot second, whether it was like a personal conversation or not. But yeah, I, yeah he was he was definitely in charge of that whole thing. And ah, uh, what a what yeah. a world that would have been to see a Tim Burton mulleted uh, Superman. <laughs> I mean, again, like the way the world works out, it's in mysterious ways because because they wasted a bunch of money making wild wild west i think they canceled the superman movie is like what the story is oh i didn't and know that so warner brothers did that and then what happened because they didn't have a superman they greenlit the matrix mm. and that's the whole reason the matrix was made so i can't complain that there wasn't right and, you know Nicholas Cage, just obviously he hasn't done a thing wrong with his career no <laughs> man right <laughs> He figured it out, you know, he's, he's had a lot of what you might call blunders, but if, if anything, you'd have the people call them great movies. 
healthy mouth. Those are not pleasant. <laughs> it's all part of his creative suit. That's right. He's not paying off anything. It's just he loves doing movies, man. <laughs> know this about me i'm like an ardent defender of nicholas cage like I, <laughs> the man can do no wrong by me yeah like zero 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 <laughs> are you excited for renfield i mean it's i anybody who tries to tell me that it's not going to be good i'm just like shush i don't know what the movies you think i like but this is like about made for me yeah <laughs> it was right up your alley it's so like, okay, it's got Nicolas Cage. I also like Nicholas Holt. Yeah. So we're, we're two Nicks up right there. And then now we're getting <laughs> Bram Stoker. It's like, right. it, we're, we're all good. I'm, I'm like super into that movie. I, I can't wait. Yeah, I've seen, uh, since it's being done by Universal, <clears throat> I've seen pictures of uh, Nick Cage, like almost superimposed into Bella Lugosi's role into the movie, like in the cape and everything. I'm like, that's, that's actually pretty fun. I love that. Yeah, I'm super looking forward to that aspect of technology when it's like, I've always had a dream of like, <clears throat> one day we can eventually put Charles Bronson in every movie. You know, it's like, we're there pretty much. Like on Instagram, I can have like, you know, Vin Diesel riding on my back. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I found a new filter the other day where it's like, I could have the George Romero beard and glasses. Oh, I saw. I saw. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, you looked good. I liked it. We're getting so uncanny so fast. It's really, really weird. Yeah. No, gray works good on you. I, <laughs> you just need that George Romero raspy voice. It's a distinguished look to age into, you know? It's yeah. Like, you have the giant glasses. I actually had a pair of those giant glasses at one time. Oh, yeah, the bifocals. Like, oh, those are nice George Romero's. And I just, like, quietly took them off. Because <laughs> like, well, I got them quite a while ago. So now it would look like, hey, maybe these are camera glasses or they're VR of some sort. It's like, no, they're just Coke bottle. Yeah, <laughs> I love like, it. I have very th a very thick prescriptions. So. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, how was the uh, how was the movie you uh, introduced or inter you interviewed the or introduced the movie right? Was there a movie, movie that you you uh, you interviewed the director or was it your friends that you produced? No, no, no. That was it. That was here in Los Angeles uh, as part of the oh. American Cinematheque. I did a presentation for a Polish art house film called Fugue. Uh -huh. And the director of it, um, I did a Q&A. Actually, I didn't introduce, I just did a Q&A afterwards. But okay. yeah, it's just like, you know, interviewing filmmakers is fun. And yeah. I just like to talk to people, which is why we started talking. Oh, very, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You have, you have such a different perspective on horror. Like, it's like, you, you've been telling me about all these, like, horror comic books and stuff that I don't even, uh, they're not on my radar at all. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just like, I, I this is what fascinates me about, like, everything, how... how uh, everything every day is halloween it's just like okay horror and halloween is definitely like full-on lifestyle like yeah. I, it's so mainstream now to see people with like the 13 foot home depot skeleton as like, the front I'll lawn drive, pieces i'll drive like anywhere i'll be driving in like south georgia like texas and you'll see somebody has left up their their skeleton and we're not even conning the ones that are like in the backyard or in the house or the boathouse that you can't see i'm saying right. like front yard front yard like apartment <laughs> buildings i've seen done it where it's like wow like every tenant or maybe one tenant or a group of tenants how did this happen right you know yeah I mean? like who decided to put these out but I'm just saying, over the course of the past uh few years like the world's gotten so goth and halloweeny and it's just like that's what i wanted to discuss with you today it's just like, yeah okay you started this whole idea of uh, every day is Halloween, as, as far as you said it, you began it with 
bloody disgusting back in the day <clears throat> yeah i was i started the bloody disgusting's first podcast when they were just like we're trying to do this podcasting thing and we don't really know anything about it but we're trying to get people on board and i was just mm-hmm. like on the bloody disgusting forums as just a fan of horror movies and uh, my old co-worker that worked at suncoast video if you remember that in the uh in the malls uh he was like he was the manager for that store and so he was writing reviews for bloody disgusting and said hey man like i'm looking for a co-host and people that know their shit and i was like yeah man i'd, I'd love to do it with you and we and then there was like another guy that was local in orlando the three of us did it um and it was cool it was for a couple of years you know we just did the bloody disgusting podcast uh and then there was a time where i think bloody disgusting went dark i think they're trying to restructure stuff so in that time i was like well i still you know back whenever you used to get screener copies of dvds and movies there was no streaming mm-hmm. services um i was like i really still want to get my you know free dvds and movies like that was like because there was no way to watch independent horror right like it was whatever was on tv what was ever on hbo before streaming you had to just get the those like straight to dvd horror movies and that cost you i i was not a huge horror fan during that time like eli roth and torture porn and even the saws are not my super jam yeah i get that it's just interesting to me where it's like there's a certain point where i'm like if the production values aren't there if like the story's kind of met if like the actors are like porno level yeah i i tune out but it's again that's what's fascinating to me about horror is like a lot of people will like look right past all that and it's Mm -hmm. like premise only or just like certain blood effects or like you know whatever fear is being tapped into for that person is like what matters more than the actual filmmaking oh yeah so like you know what i mean like little things like that's what fascinates me about the horror genre is it's like so um visceral robust oh yeah very very visceral (laughs) you know what i mean it's like it really is like who would think like for how bad the halloween series was for so many years Mm -hmm. who would think that like they would get like a prestige reboot and then everything would be rebooted right now it's just like it's a really interesting time yeah we went from so huge again you know yeah it's really yeah, the producer of Halloween, I think Avery Ackert, I think his name is. Um, yeah, he was oh, based. Oh, no, so I'm not Avi Arad, but who did you say? Avi Ack, is that, I think you got it right. No, no, Avi Arad is like a, a Marvel, uh, like he produced a lot of the. Uh, You're right. Five, I think it's a COD. I think a COD is Halloween. No, it's, 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 uh, God, we, we could really just go on the internet, but yeah. Right, it's Mustafa, fine. is it? It's, yes. It's something. Yes. He. <laughs> So yeah, he's like the one consistent thing with all the Halloweens, right? Because he's had the, you right. know... He, the... he retains financial rights. Again, this is like, what's interesting to me is somebody who's like navigating the world of indie horror films. It's like, okay, where is your money coming from? What is your business model? Are you just trying to churn out and make more movies? It's yeah. just, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like parsing out like, okay, what's your overall goal? And then like your goal with filmmaking, it's like, how achievable is that at like the budget that you have, like with the time that you have, Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, there's, it's, there's, it's, it's such an equation to make a good movie. And like, you need to make sure you're, you're, I don't know, checking your math and yeah. like, adding uh, all the, adding the right components to make something work. You know? Well, so, it's funny. Again, like Blumhouse, they pulled in uh, Ryan Rotten, who used to be part of uh, one of the websites, Dread Central or one of those. He, he was a, websites yeah yeah and so like you notice that like okay so blumhouse is getting the you know the halloween thing 
and they're bringing in like you know ryan and stuff and like ryan's there to just be the voice of the fandom right like he's there he's been he's been on the ground floor for the websites like bloody discussing and stuff like that so they want that kind of voice in there like okay how do we not screw this up right you know like working with the writers working with the producers and it's just interesting how like yeah it used to just be like a thing where you'd say all right get some no name director we're a direct halloween set seven you know like whatever and now it's like no like there's too much money in yeah. it <laughs> we live back then like you kind of sold back then they sold movies just sort of based on a poster or another sequel like but once the internet reviews started coming out once like being a critic became everybody's pastime on the internet suddenly mm -hmm. it's like you really do need somebody who helps sort of frame frame against criticism or you know find an angle or like pr protect the fan service i don't know there's yeah. like a whole bunch of like trying to understand the hierarchy of needs of making movies is like a really fascinating thing so i'll be like okay these people are just trying to profit off of the ip mm -hmm. and it's like i'm a fan of the ip and i'm part of the profiting off of this but i know i'm doing something that's against the ip yeah how do i that with like me keeping my job, me keeping my mouth shut, you know, and right. keeping everybody happy. Yeah. But at the same time, I know something's wrong. It's just like, it's it's interesting because you start to, it's a business. You it know? is. It's like the movie is an actual business. Yeah. And I'm in the movie business. And it's fast. <laughs> you just have to be. You're still learning, you know. Well, it's like it's like you. There's so many cooks in the kitchen. You have to like, okay, like what restaurant is this? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Where am I at right now? What part of town is this? Um, it's that's, yeah. That's go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I was just saying. So yeah. So like, so I wanted to keep getting those movies because to me, like, that's what I loved. I loved, like, I love the big, huge franchise and stuff like that. But I love seeing these one-off movies that these really cool directors were doing. That you know reminded me of like the Giallo stuff from you know Italy and these horror movies that you had to like really look out for. So these directors were making them but nobody was watching them unless you were going to like at that time unless you were going to Redbox, you know and you would that was kind of like the way to get these kind of like you know 20 to 35 dollar horror movies on disc was to get them yeah. from a red box or something and then it wasn't until netflix started coming around that it was like oh there's all this entertainment all this content that we can pull from and you know kind of build out our libraries and stuff and you see all that's taking time and spread out so many different uh streaming services and so I just started every day as Halloween because I was like, I don't have time to wait around for discussing to figure out their next move. <laughs> so I just did my own thing. And and within that time, I started making a website because I was like, I'll just make I'll just do my own blade disgusting. Right. And I was noticing that websites were kind of on the out when it came to horror, like not just that, but just uh, entertain like in general. Right. Like Blade disgusting still around because it has a, such a large footprint um even if dread central can't stick around most people are on social media most people are just going to go right to instagram they want to see that quick reel the funny thing they watch same thing with tiktok same thing with the you know all these little things and nobody's going to like the website anymore to check out the thing um so that's just kind of what it so i kind of like i built this whole website out and i kind of backed away and went you know what i think this is just a lot of time and energy that is not going to pay off in the long run that I need to just devote to said podcast and to said, you know, like where the next thing is moving. So for me, that was Twitch. I saw that, you know, you could go live right there. You could do anything from like what we're doing now, which is just, you know, a conversation to mostly yeah. what people are doing video games. But I think it's so Twitch is so saturated with video games that they're looking for any other kind of market artists. Uh, people make, you know, cooking um, conversation, you know, like news uh, updates and stuff like that. So it's always good to have. 
um, your eye on the other stuff of what's going on and, and, and it's kind of worked out, you know, so. So what is your main interest in horror movies? Like what, do you have goals with it specifically? Or you just enjoy watching and reviewing and talking about them or what's your, what's your deal? I don't know exactly. <laughs> I think it's, I mean, I've always just liked spooky stuff. You know, when it comes down to it, you know, I just I really like the macabre and, uh, you know, it was like I kind of got the horror guy nickname from like kids in high school who were just like, hey, horror guy, tell me about that. Now that, that new movie that came out and then I would just kind of tell them about it and then it's kind of stuck. Um, so I was like, I don't want to abandon this. How did you get your name? The horror guy. Yeah, that's it, like a. Yeah. You know, just kids by the vending machine at school who just say, hey, horror guy, I saw that new screen movie. It was dope. Oh, cool. I'm glad you liked it, man. Like, I didn't make it, but neat. <laughs> like if people just came to me for horror stuff and it was funny because I was kind of like an anime nerd like I like Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that in high school and it was just like but because I had this like my uncle got me into it really young he gave me a um an old white box when I was in Pittsburgh when my grandfather died and to cheer me up he goes take these home with you back from um for Pittsburgh when you go back to Orlando uh and in the box it was VHS tapes that were all they weren't like popular horror movies it was like uh full moon production stuff so like oh. Pumpkinhead, the um, the Puppet Master movies, a lot of uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis, like yeah, like creature effectsy kind of stuff. Yeah, like a lot more monsters and creatures, and I just, something called to me with it. Like I just thought the makeup effects were cool. It was like stuff I had never really gotten a chance to sit down and watch. And I was just like, oh, this is such a cool like. How many how much more of this is there? And then you go to Fangoria and you see that there's so much more out there. And it was just like, I have to watch every one of these. Like I have to find all these movies. And then with that just came, you know, more movies coming out. And then I was just like, with everything that was within my life that kind of kept coming up over and over, I was like, why abandon this, right? Why drop it and just move on to something else? Like I've kind of kept building and building and building and building. So now that I'm at this point, you know, I've, you know, worked with different companies and you know, I, I have like the mutants and monsters uh, community going right now. And it's just like, just keep it going. Right. Like bring more people in. And that's what I love most about it is just uh, having like you join and having like everybody from mutants and monsters that are like, they might not be super into monsters and stuff, but like one or two things have pulled them in and they like it and they want to talk about it. So it's kind of like building a little community of just cool, spooky people. Yeah, and that's what's fascinating to me. It's like, I remember I would go to like, I don't know, like, they had sci-fi and horror cons I'd go to when I was like a little kid in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And it would be like, I'd always like enjoy looking at the stuff and then like sort of hit like a weird section of the con that was like porno or something. And I was like, yeah. what is this that like all the comic book places have like the seedy side? But I guess that was just the way everything worked back then. It was like right. video stores would have the 18 and up. It's like, hey, Here's here's the, the here's the like top shelf product. And it's like in the back we have the money makers. And yeah. That was like the weird, the weird impression I got at every like mom and pop video store and at like every con. Yeah. And then slowly over the past like, it has to be like really the difference is American Horror Story and stuff. It's just like over the course of time I stopped being one of the only girls or like. You know, it suddenly like now I go to like Monster Palooza or any like when I started going to Comic Con in like the in the 2000s and it was just like there was not really many girls, you know, yeah. there wasn't even very much cosplay. And it's like just seeing Twilight come out and then like it just seeing how horror has become so mainstream. Yeah. And a true lifestyle now, like mm -hmm. it's really, really fascinating to me. Oh yeah, like these a lot of these girls, they now have the uh, what's the the um, big Amish witch hat they wear around and stuff. Like it's just like it's lifestyle now. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've always had big witch hats, but again, it's like I'm, I'm a <laughs> you know, natural born witch or something. Yeah, like, yeah, it's one of those. Just, like everybody always asks me, "What do you dress up as a witch?" I was like, "I guess I am." Yeah, I guess and I'm your like, witch. Hello. <laughs> well, now in my life, I'm like, if if I were to introduce myself to somebody in 1700, it's like everything about me is like, yeah, you write for a living, aka spells. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what do I have but potions and tonics and like, you know what I mean? It's right. like everything I do is like basically witchcraft. I love like, it. And, but I'm just saying, it's like, it's interesting to see how like the trajectory of all these things go. Yeah. And it's like right now between like horror dominating the box office as far as like profitability and then just like just the sheer popularity it's like i literally like will meet horror fans and be like oh wow like i like when i was at south by my good friend who directed uh citizen sleeve his brother's a dentist mm -hmm. and his brother was telling me he collects mondo and like all these like you know wax works like horror records like that's his big passion yeah and he's like a dentist in cleveland or it's like um when i was visiting uh, orlando last mm -hmm. i ran some neighbors across the street from my dad uh like it was like a whole family gathering and the this couple was wearing like the guy was wearing a night of the creep shirt and the girl was wearing like uh i forget it was a, a black metal band but it's just wow. like, okay, you guys are horror kids. I get it. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Here. The fact that your dad lived and living in sunny Florida, like you just come down and across the street, you already have like, they live fans. Like what the fuck? Saying it's like, that's what's so fascinating. It's like, okay. Like, you know, going to gods and monsters. It's like, that is one of like, seriously, like one of the coolest, most dedicated, like horror and sci-fi kind of places I've ever been to. Yeah. And it's like in the middle of a strip mall in Orlando. And it's like, I don't know, it's just like things are changing so quickly. Huge. And it's fascinating for me to go, you know, like I live in LA, which is like supposedly like one of the weird people capitals of the world. Right, you're like, used to it, right? You no. Know, but I go to Orlando and I see girls like walking around in Fox cosplay, like as a <laughs> lifestyle. Right. And I'm like, and again, I'm 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 using the label girl. I probably should not even be using that label. But I'm just saying it's like sure, I'm seeing right. people, young people who have chosen a lifestyle as a anime fox mm -hmm. and their employment's allowing it. Like you know Right, I mean? yeah. Like, it's like I their think parents it's... you know you know what I mean? Like when Bronies first came out, that was so like yeah. wow. We're 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 talking about that in public now. That's interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, I think well I think it's because it's you know, I think we come from a, a you know generation where uh, you know, Tipper Gore and all that stuff. Like, it was just so like, you have to stop having fun and being happy and get a job and drop your all your kids stuff. Like, you need to grow up. The 80s is so like, what are you going to do with your life? Like, you know, those commercials I do wonder, like, it's like when everybody's complaining right now about the newest phase of Marvel. And I'm just like, well, maybe as adult people, we don't need this many Quantumanias. Right. Like, maybe, yeah. Maybe We've hit peak of like how much Ant-Man we need to consume as a nation and as a world. Yeah. And we've gone to other, other more pressing matters. Cause like for me, what I like about horror is it's like so elemental. It's like, it really like the end question of a horror movie is like, how do you survive this situation? Like whether mm -hmm. it's Michael Myers, like Anthony Perkins, like a ghost, an alien, whatever the situation is, how do you survive this? It's like, it's universally relatable. Mm -hmm. It's like the, the through line is so simple. And he's like, you can do anything else you want with the story during that. But it's like, how do you, how do you survive this situation, this monster? Mm -hmm. It's like a very simple construct for me. And it's like, you know, it's also set up like a joke where it's like, okay, you have your setup 
and then you have your like how, how you handle it and then it's like you have your punchline slash murders you know right like, okay how, how do you deal with all this so it's like again it's like it's it's as a somebody who loves art and filmmaking and like figuring out what we human beings are up to it's like mm -hmm. horror is just like okay it's a great place to start yeah <laughs> and i'm noticing that too i think you're right like the whole thing with the quantum mania verse thing or whatever for marvel like yeah there's i mean you're we're getting it's a lot of it's like you saw it happen if you want to take it back to comic books it's like what was the all the fucking mcfarland stuff right you and the, I mean? all the edgy People, shit the comics it's like everybody will go a little too crazy for a while and it's like it's like whenever you hear about how like in the 60s batman aired two nights a week and it's like wow like it really must have been so fascinating to have a color tv that you just turned on and they're kicking and powing right it and you just didn't care you just wanted to see it yeah, and then it's like after a while, it's like the novelty wears off because they oversaturated. But it's, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's interesting to me how like fads come and go. Mm -hmm. But I think horror is like something that, again, like I'm always trying to like figure out what my specific take on or what I like about horror because mm -hmm. I, I don't like all horror. I don't, like I said, I, I tuned out during like torture porn years. It, to me, it was just, it was like, okay. I felt like it was like a way of coping with like all the weird shit that was happening with like the Iraq war and like the harshness of like the mortgage crisis was like to me like a, a whole reason that like paranormal activity is like people are feeling so trapped and like obsessed with what was happening in their houses and mm -hmm. like you know just there's a movie like paranormal activity to be the big thing during that era and then like for torture porn to come out during you know Abu Ghraib era of yeah. of, of you know what I mean? Like when you look at things cyclically like that, it's like it's it's fascinating to me. And so it's like I, I've always I've, I've I always like to study cycles. And so it's like right now, I've always been like, okay, the early two twenty twenties are gonna be. Clearly, we've been in like reboot, reboot, and it's like, hey, I, I everybody gets a reboot money. Keep on, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we reboot this reboot. How about we reboot another reboot? Look like, at everybody. Look at Scream that came out what two years ago. And they just they didn't even put a number after it. They just had they called it Scream. They basically soft rebooted it, and then within another year they had a sequel because what's uh, your face from Wednesday? <laughs> no, but that of course. I mean, I look. I I love Jenna Ortega as much as everybody else, but it's just like I, I get super annoyed when I ask my TV to play me something. Again, these are such 2023 problems, but I ask my TV to play me something, and it, I can't find the actual version that i want yeah because i will name the same damn thing now it's just yeah. like come on man like don't Not call that the one thing, the thing also the thing when you know i want to watch right the john hunter thing not the 2010 reboot not the <laughs> right you know what i mean it's yeah just like, like how many times do we need the movie just to be called the movie again but then put the year on it afterwards it's like come on stop They're just being lazy again it's like it's it's i i feel like they actually are trying for customer confusion and accidental rental oh yeah it's and absolutely it, what it is in the same way that like you know they they want you to forget that you subscribe to whatever service mm -hmm. or, you can watch yellow jackets or whatever it's just like i don't know they're it's, trying to work with bank of america on the best way could we just not put it on their statements like how do we just hide people from knowing that they have a streaming service <laughs> I mean, again it's fascinating to me to see like how we're all coping with this right now and so that's why it's like you do you how much horror entertainment do you consume a week like you're playing a lot of games like how right. much how much how much time and money are we devoting to uh <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is how i curve it if you notice a lot of the stuff that i might play might be like marvel related or like some kind of comic bookie or cartoon thing but it has kind of a spooky element to it so it might be like carnage you know from like 
Marvel stuff. So I'm still diving in, but I need a time away. You know, I need, <laughs> I can't delve in too, too much with like the, the hardcore uh, stuff until like I'm ready. Like, like you said, like you watch one hostile movie, you're like, oh, I feel. I like, that's why I like, I like a, a Lost Boys tone where it's like, hey, I get to be in a spooky world, but at the end of the day, everything's kind of fine and everybody looked good. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's what I'm all about. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, hey, like, yes, we lost all the all the cute lost boys, but it's like we But we gained we a great have, film. Stories are fine and Jason Patrick and and uh what's it called? Jamie Gertz and, and the mom are all fine. Everything's fine. Right. Oh my god. So this week I was like playing I, I was playing some audiobook on YouTube mm-hmm. and apparently the the head vampire from Lost Boys, Edward Herman, the actor from like the eighties, he was also in like overboard and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He apparently sold his voice the same way that like Samuel Jackson sold his voice to Alexa. No, no. Or you know, people sell their voices for like directions and that kind of thing. Yeah. He he sold his voice so this entire book was like read by an AI program using his voice. And I know I had like some AI program where you could use like Gwyneth Paltrow's voice would read you a book and stuff, and I'm just like, how fast is that gonna be not safe yeah (laughs) oh yeah i think i saw somewhere where someone's okay so (laughs) south park just did an episode about a thing i didn't even know about this is how you know it makes you feel like dust how old you feel apparently the episode was about these kids uh the south park kids uh they were one of the kids was in a relationship and he didn't want to keep texting his girlfriend because his girlfriend kept texting him over and over so he found out about an app that you can it'll gpt like this is this is a thing it's like right now wga which i'm in is is like trying to like preserve the financial the, the financial incentives of writers in the industry because right now like there's all these problems where they're not paying writers enough because they're claiming that they're not making enough money on projects which right. is partially true because everything's deficit financed and there's not exactly like a clear revenue stream for a lot of streaming. That's like part of the streaming wars, it's like a whole weird business thing going on with that. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing is that I, I figured out as a writer, it's like, wait a minute, writers are usually first hired, first fired. And it's like so many screenplays are written by like 20, 20 people, I mm-hmm. think 20, 20 people that are never credited <laughs> and they put like, two or three patsies at the front of the thing. I don't know. It's just like, there's so much stuff about being a writer where I was like, I need to focus on producing. So yeah. I can get my writing done. And I need to pro- focus on directing. Cause that also is like Huge. something that will continue to exist. Yeah. My point is one of the main issues that's being covered right now. And there's like a big inflammatory article about it is like chat GBT not being used to write screenplays. But meanwhile, I myself have been experimenting with all these different chat programs uh-huh. to see what happens if you like feed it a premise and then like say, tell me a story about this movie setup. And it's like the writing I'm finding is really by the numbers and like sure. not super impressive. And there's often like big uh, logic gaps and like, you know, like I was using uh, uh, the Bard app um, from google it's like it's a test it's like a beta testing right now mm-hmm. of um you ask it questions so i asked it questions about like if i had like an alexa camera rig uh and i wanted to do an overhead shot what are the best mounts for me to use and it gave me a very sterling answer that i was like wow it 
I don't need to Google and things anymore. I don't need a Quora. Like it's just given me like the top three things. And like, if I, if I'm on a budget, I should use this. Yeah. And I showed it to an EP friend and he immediately was like, that's a lie. That ring doesn't exist, but I love how confidently it, fu it fucking lied. Yeah. Like, wow, that's incredible. So then I like went through and I like a couple scripts that I'm writing right now. I fed the premises to chat. Uh, to like ask AI, which is like a, a phone app version of an AI, mm -hmm. a writing program, Bard AI, and then like another one. And I keep on just getting sort of like a basic version of my story with like a very basic three act structure. Mm -hmm. And it's, honestly, it's not great writing, but it does just sort of like give you an example of what doesn't work and what's kind of boring. So you already have like an outline what yeah. i'm saying is i don't believe in fighting the ai i work with it i wrote a book about sex robots i i, I, be I believe that the singularity is not only coming it's it's coming fast yes watching uh, it man and it's it's all far more interesting than i ever thought it would be and it's it's a uh, it feels good to to be here in <laughs> right smack dab in the middle of it i'm just saying for me this is what every day is halloween is about is like okay Right now, we are talking to each other on video screens. Right. In completely made up environments. <laughs> like, you have no idea what room I'm actually in. Like, right. a couple here. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that is a strange idea. Yes. There's so many ideas on top of that. And it's but like, when I see that, like, there's now these, like, mimicry programs uh -huh. where soon enough I could program somebody. I could program my own app to do this for me. And then right. maybe I just sit there and lay on the beach, whereas screenwriter Jill Killington, a.k.a. Bard AI, does all my writing for me. Mm -hmm. I don't need to report all this to, to WGA. They don't need to know all this shit. Right. <laughs> yeah, not at all. I'm not a scab. I'm not saying that I'm not for collective bargaining. I want the people to survive. Yeah. Uh, I definitely come down on the human side of the machines versus humans. Mm -hmm. However, you know... <laughs> What what are we fighting here? Like it's like yeah. I don't know. I, to me, it's interesting. But right? Yeah. yeah. If you started experimenting these programs. I I spent a lot of time on Midjourney and all these uh, AI art apps. Uh huh. I'm it's and there's a new video one that starts to give you like three second video clips. We're moving super fast. Yeah, big time. I like being able to move super fast. I always thought production was slow and stuck and. <laughs> The olden ways where we still were like using film mags and like moviolas. And, oh, know, I know. Like, it it definitely moviolas. does feel like it's it, things have moved forward a lot in the last five years. You know what I mean? Like we were at a lull for a while. Ever since Trump became president, it's like we well, gotta get out of love this. It, love it, hate it, whatever. Yeah, it's been a whole different chapter in America as far as I'm concerned. We're into like. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a while. Everything's been wild. Like, yeah, it's like, that 2020. 2021 you know everybody being in their house for almost an entire year that's a lot of time for people to devote to something that they just kind of want to work on and i think we're just building off of that year everybody started like getting into all kinds of side missions <laughs> right side missions yep it's very interesting what we've all become over the course of this it's like i don't know man yeah i'm i'm, I'm fascinated to see where all this stuff is going but yeah so you start so you're you come at this from a place of true fandom. Yeah. Well, I, I think I always, I try to, everybody knows about all the big movies that are coming out, right? That's, that's a given. You can go to any website or go to YouTube and see all the, the trailers for that. But I think it's really interesting. Like since I work at the comic book store weekly, I'm getting bits of scripts, right? 
bits of scripts are coming out weekly from horror writers that are coming up with their own stuff. And like, that's what a lot of, you know, if a horror comic does well, you know, Netflix just picks it up and turns it into a TV show or, you know, a movie or whatever. So you're like, that's the beginning of of new ideas that are, you know, nobody's really seen or is talking about. And it's kind of insane to me that like I'll go on Twitter and I'll post like about this new horror book coming out and it barely gets any movement because people just don't know about it. But I want to let people know about these cool things. There are so many other avenues of horror that I feel like people kind of forget about um, novels and uh, you know, well, different I mean, bands. Yeah, it's, like it, it's interesting how everything is like, is in in my what I've learned again. I've lived in Hollywood for quite some time now, mm-hmm. uh, but it seems to be true of the world that it's like things are financially driven. You know, it's like a horror comic takes a while to take off. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like it, unless you do get like a Thirty Days of Night that like gets a big, a really good director and a pretty splashy movie. Mm-hmm. It's like how how do you stand out? Who who's gonna champion like? You're right. Like, is there a giant champion of, of horror comics right now? Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I, I mean, there are I see that there are guys out there and they'll like read you comic books on stream. They'll sit there and read like X-Men and stuff. I didn't realize I'm like, OK, if I want to sell like books, I need to probably sit there and read for my own fucking book. You know what I mean? You're right. Like, very busy time and like getting getting people's attention it's interesting how it works. You know what I mean? It's yes. Like- and you can't sacrifice your your time for creating your art to do that. Now, I get that social media, you have to do it. But like some people, I think, devote so much time to being in the social media face that they don't devote it towards their craft. Does that make sense? That's, yeah. Oh, it totally makes sense. I mean, for me, it's social media. I like being able to talk to a large group of my friends at, at once. Like, that's what I enjoy about it. I like enjoy, I like Discord. <laughs> opinions from people far away you know what i mean like like from all over the world like hearing different horror fans kind Mm -hmm. of stuff like we all have the same affinities but um yeah like i'm i'm not so much uh i don't like to post my meals i don't like to post everywhere i go or every like a lot of your fit today and and some of my friends are like more influencer style people where they're like love to be posted and everything and so it's like i post those people but it's like so many of my friends would not understand like hey like i'm trying to get better about like oh we should really take a selfie you know yeah. like just to capture kind of, like, the moment yeah. yeah but it's like most people i don't know a lot of my friends don't want to deal with all that they don't need the likes because we <clears> have the likes and I, like, right. I like i like that aspect of things where it's like oh something some things are offline and some things are online you know right yeah absolutely i think for me like my instagram i try to like anytime i go out to do like a big event on like a weekend i like to have like one thing that just captured that moment right one picture with everybody that i had a good time and that like i don't need to take 1400 different photos and things like that it's just kind of that's the one moment and i, I kind of like that but i mean everybody's different with their social stuff it's that that whole aspect of of life is it's interesting um but yeah, horror transcends in, in so many different ways throughout. And I think right now we're hitting this um, cute horror aspect thing where we're getting a lot of um, what was the one when Nick Cage fights a bunch of furries in a. Yeah, the what, not is that uh, I forget last night or whatever. It's the one where he's just he's just drinking the pops. Yeah. Willie's like, Wonderland, I think it's called. I, I, there you go, Wonderland. Yeah, so like I think people like it. It's a good way. It's kind of like, and again, we're not going to throw say girl to undermine anybody as as a gender, 
But a guy trying to get his girlfriend, this is what you'd say back in the 90s, to watch a spooky movie, if it had a cute element to it, she'd be more down to watch it kind of thing, right? Like It's like, I liked watching the Evil Dead movies because Ash himself was attractive. You know what I mean? And right. Like, and that's a so totally that's different like, aspect. Yeah. And it's like, or or like a lot of my friends love like Devin Sawa uh, kind of stuff, like either now that he's like on Chucky yeah. or he's... You know, back in the day when he was he was um, Casper's boyfriend uh, or Casper. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Final Destination and all that stuff. Yeah. It's like they, it, everybody has to have their interests, you know? Right. <laughs> you got to have your draw in. But you I've know? seen, like, so we sell a lot of Japanese manga at the store, and I'm noticing a lot of these mangas coming out that are looking more edgy and dark and gory and spooky, but the characters are saying really cute things. So it's like this dark edge with, like, a cute kind of bubbly side to it. And Okay, so... Speaking of this, I'm wearing... Oh, can you even see my t-shirt? Is this going to happen? Okay. Yeah. Uh, this was like a super popular bootleg shirt that I kept on seeing. Like, every time I went to Halloween Horror Nights last year, either in LA or Orlando, because uh-huh. I'm, I'm that kind of fan. She doing both. <laughs> who, who has to compare both. Yeah. But um, there, there's a lot of shirts like this that make like horror cute now. And there's also like all these like sort of like horror babies where it's like a baby Cenobite next to a baby it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you're all hanging out in like the nursery, like Muppet babies. (laughs) And it's just like, what? Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm like, how do I make money off of this as me? You know what I mean? It's like, I see making little cute dresses out of this, but that's not my business. My business should maybe be to pitch Cenobabies. Yeah. And like that's, I could be the asshole who makes money off of that. Man, like, yeah, you're swimming in the center, baby. Oh pool. man! Well, so I think uh, I think we talked about this. Ib Trav, the artist, he did. Uh, he kind of he has. Uh, it's called. It's like Mike Muppet Babies, but it's horror babies, and it's different characters from horror. But they like do kind of like. But he's drawing it out and stuff. It just got to work right around that whole copyright thing, so you don't get in trouble. Um, sure. But I think. Right now, I just had something in my head that was it. it, There's a lot of okay, Terrifier, right? Someone asked me recently on like a little Instagram thing, like what's a popular horror, you know, franchise that, you know, you don't really like. And I had to think about it hard for a second. I was like, honestly, I don't really care for the Terrifier films. I think the, the, you know, what they did with those things are great. I think art's a cool character. Um, It's actually from like a few defunct horror films before that. called trick or treat or all hallows eve and like another one but like i just don't like again it's like the torture porn kind of thing it's just goes it goes a little too far and just kind of like it's just doing it to do it some people love a24 some people love blumhouse it's like you everybody has their taste there's enough room under the uh umbrella apparently right but i think that does that thing right terrifier does that thing where you have art being super coy and like wiggling his fingers at somebody that's like across the way and they're kind of like wiggle so it's cute but there's that horror edge where you know he's gonna saw somebody in half and it upside down. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the tone of Freddy Krueger has always been like a debatable thing with people. Like, or for me, I really enjoy him because he's like horror Bugs Bunny. Yeah, and that's where I get down. And and it's like there's something about like the fact that he comes in your nightmares and you fall asleep and he gets you there and like the fingernails. There's just so many like weird elemental things about him that yeah. I really. Wes nailed it with that. That whole concept, I, mean, I feel like it can't be topped, you know? Yeah, and there's something about, like, Robert England's casting. It's just, like, there's enough things about it that are really interesting. Yeah, even but, yeah. that poster, yeah. like, the way Freddy looks, he looks half like a skeleton face. Never, uh, there's, 
Yeah, there just is something that's like, okay, I, he feels like a boogeyman you recognize. The first time you see him, you understand what he is. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, yeah, and I, think... I feel like at clowns, I, I, it's just like, there's such an easy, like some people like just do not fuck with clowns the same way people don't fuck with snakes. Right. It's like, if, if you do an anaconda really well, you're going to make money. If you do like an it or a terrifier well, you're going to make money. Like people yeah. have certain inborn fears that if you just like trigger it it's you're gonna, you're gonna oh yeah it. there was a house at howling horror nights last year that was like bugs like bug infestation or whatever i think it's called infestation and like all like my horror night fan or friends that were just like super stoked to go and stuff and i was like oh do you guys want this house it was just like a straight no nope i did it once i'll never go back in that house again it was like people would just write off that house because it would just disturb them on so many levels but it also had that thing where you know that phobia with the holes where like he shows like a picture of someone's thumb and has little mm-hmm. holes in it so it was like the bug house. He had bugs, and then you had those like hive mind holes in people's faces and stuff. And yeah, you're just hitting phobias that freak people out a little too much. Like, there was one at like Not Scary Farm that had like I don't know, like a lot of like organ parts. You know, it's like the inside of mouths and eyeballs, Ugh. and it, there's just something. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just like anything too dental or too orificey. It's just like like you know when you watch the movie Alien, it's like okay, this looks so otherworldly but also intestinal and genitalia and like yeah. reptilian it's like it hits so many nightmares at once oh yeah you know or it's like or like the last of us it's like something about the mushrooms like it does remind us of spores and like just like there's a Fungi. natural revulsion yeah you know? like the people are repulsed by spiders or love them it's just i don't know it's interesting to me how like everybody has their own flavor like the other fascinating <laughs> thing to me is like the number of people who do not ever want to watch a horror movie mm-hmm. that I talk to, where they're like, I'll never watch one of your things. Yeah. I will never. And I'm like, that's, that's yeah. totally fine. Sure. You know, I don't watch sports. I don't give a shit about sports. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, we all have our lanes that, like, right. we just will never go down. You know, it's like, I've never cared about bridesmaids. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, we all have our lanes. Right. But yeah, like, it, it's just fascinating to me because it's like, well, you enjoy roller coasters, so you do enjoy being scared. But then again, some people want like a, only a very baseline existence. Right. Whereas, yeah. Some people don't like gore, but they love spooky ghost stories, you know? So, yeah. so, so I have um, this. It's called How Well Do You Know Me? I have a lot of different like cards because I mm-hmm. find them to be interesting little prompts. Cool. And what I was looking through, I was like, oh, what is an interesting prompt to ask you? And I, I got here. Do you believe in ghosts? Oh, very cool. Um. Yeah, I think the are the, there's too much energy in our in our our shells, our cores to just not have something that leaves whenever like something happens and it strikes you and uh you know you have a lot more life to give the world and when that's just taken away in an instant for whatever reason, I feel like that lingers somewhere somehow. I don't know how whether it's a in the walls of a room or part of an object or something. But I feel, and I feel like it's like not everybody, right? Like some people know they're going to die or they're dying of cancer and they kind of come to terms with it. Um, and they feel like they can let their, their soul be go, go wherever it goes. Um, but I feel like the ones that have, you know, strong, passionate, you know, just everyday life and it's stripped away in an instant. I feel like that energy's lingers somewhere. What about you? I, question the nature of perception and the way that we perceive the world through our five senses 
is that the end of sensation and perception? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I wonder if you were to perceive the world using different organs, what would you see? And perhaps you would perceive different times happening all at once. Perhaps you would see, again, getting back to quantum mania, different uh, timelines happening. Yeah. Maybe. Again, I, I I don't know what ghosts are. I but it, right. it's interesting to me how one of one of my fascinations, like I do a lot of studying of like um, religious and supernatural beliefs and occult beliefs around the world, mm-hmm. and there's so many myths that go to every culture. Every culture has a weird variation on a ghost especially like number one ghost mm-hmm. number two vampire you know it's like werewolf you start to think like okay this is probably just somebody who's a little bit more savage than everybody else it's like maybe even the same thing with a bigfoot yeah bigfoot easily be the print of a bear and it's like how can we haven't found him by now if he's not real mm-hmm. or if he is real but you know what i'm saying it's like there but ghosts are so universal that you have to wonder and it's like how if there were supernatural beings, how easy would it be to hide among us? I don't know. There's, I have a lot of questions about the world. So I yeah. ask a lot of questions about sure. the world to other people. Because again, it's like a, a forum to talk about these things with horror fans where it's like, you know, like literally the talking to horror fans and being like, okay, are you religious? Do you believe in ghosts? And, you know, like so much of the world is very Judeo-Christian. And mm-hmm. so every time there's like a new possession or exorcist, kind of movie that comes out it usually does really well yeah because like you know giving voice and screen time to something that people feel every day of their lives i don't know it's midnight just, mass I'm, I'm, but yeah ghosts i do i believe in in them i don't fuck with them <laughs> <laughs> right i'm not trying to stir the pot you know what i mean i liked a ouija board when i was a kid i still think they're fun i don't fuck around too much with like things i don't want to fuck with you yeah know? How about a, a happier question? If you were a superhero, who would you be? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I guess the. Uh, I guess Wolverine's pretty cool because he can't die. I like that whole immortality thing. I guess was it is... one where he was kept in cement forever? That sounded really crappy. Oh fuck! I didn't hear about that one. Jesus. All right. Yeah, so yeah, that would suck. They just left him there like that's whenever it's like you get into the idea. I remember there was like some EC comic I read where it's just like somebody had been chopped to bits so much that they were just basically like vomit on the floor that was like writhing around. Yeah. And wow. Could you would it hurt? Could you feel anything like those kind of like little horror things like the existential nature of horror will sometimes just like fuck me up. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I feel like the pain would be would have happened so often that, yeah, your little mush little pieces wouldn't really feel anything. You just but you'd still be. Cool. It's like, oh, it's cool how he keeps on surviving everything, but it's like they make it clear that it's like a, it takes a toll on the guy. Right. And make jokes through this shit because it's awful. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm afraid of about being alive forever. Um, <laughs> flying would be neat, I guess. I don't know. What about you? What, what would your superpower be or superhero? I love Batman. And I think the reason I like Batman is because he's achievable. And like, yeah. you know, it, it teaches everybody 
how to deal with uh, tragedy. I mean, terribly. Like he's he's a really poorly adjusted person. Yeah. But it's still like exploring. Like, okay, what childhood triggers drove you to become what you are? Mm -hmm. Like that's what I really enjoyed about the Battenson version that just came out. It was just like, okay, they're really exploring how deeply fucked up this man is. Like right. he's like he's yeah. a case study. You know? Yeah. Like, he's like an absolute nightmare it's like again i enjoy every iteration of batman whether uh -huh. he's got like schumacher nipples whether it's <laughs> adam west it's like i, I will take a clooney and yeah a, a kill me. every every batman's a, a delicious batman to me <laughs> but yeah the, there's something about the battenson really getting into like okay this is this is super twisted what he this is fetishistic and twisted for him to be batman big but time yeah, I, 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 I like batman i think batman's cool and then just for funsies, I guess Deadpool. Deadpool is also funny, but again, it's what we just discussed, like the having to respawn over and over and get up yeah. in this like horrible mangled state. It's not cute. And he's dying <laughs> all the time too. Imagine dying from cancer all the time. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's again, it's like it, that's 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 a, a genre I like to call like I'm glad it's not me. Like it makes you kind of appreciate it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, we were watching something you're like, oh man, I'm so glad I didn't get set on fire a bunch of times a day. You know? Right. <laughs> like thought and have to spit out the bullets a bunch of times. Yeah. You know? <laughs> man, yeah, there's um, a whole there's a whole thing with with uh with horror and the fact like so I I always come back to this, right? Because like, people ask me this a lot and I think about it all the time. Um I feel like horror fans like horror because they're embracing death in a different way like they know the inevitable is coming at some point and they're afraid of it they don't know how to cope with it so they will ingest it as much as possible like everybody copes with the, watches horror in different ways but i feel like a lot of it has to do with like why do you enjoy watching slashers kill these teenagers like that's where your friends that say like i'll never watch anything that you make like that's how they see it why would you want to watch these teenagers get slaughtered by these like killers and in for us, I think it's just like, well, I just like seeing the different scenarios that people come up with, the, the fun writing that the outcome of it. And yeah, people are being killed throughout it, but it's, it's, you know, it's fake, you know, it's entertainment. But do you feel like there's I, an itch that, you know, helps people that are afraid of death? I think it's definitely like, it's a way of, of dealing with mortality and just all the unknowns in life. You know what I mean? It's like, there's so many rigid rules in the world, but like, as we found, like, they're constantly broken, you know what I yeah. mean? And so it's like, to have, I feel like that's so much of what story does, is it's like, okay, you understand the rules of this plot, and that there's going to be some sort of resolution, whereas, like, in life, there isn't, like, usually, like, a big season arc, or, like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's like, yeah. there can be, there can be if you are aware enough of your own story and how to drive it, but I'm mm -hmm. just saying it's just like, things are neater in movies and shows. And I think that's the appeal. Like, it's like, I feel like, you know, Friends. Yeah. Friends is pretty, like, by the numbers programming. Yeah. But it's like concept of Friends that you can just go click on and they're there for you. Right. And then, like, the the 22 minutes of nothing that bad's going to happen is very reassuring for people. Whereas, like, for horror, it's like the opposite, where it's like, Oh, something terrible is going to happen during this. Yeah. And it's like, but the important thing is it's not happening to you. Uh -huh. <laughs> and it's probably going to be like artfully shot and maybe you're going to get something out of it. Maybe you're going to have some sort of like transcendent spark. Maybe you'll have an epiphany. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what we're all kind of like looking for is like searching for like meaning in ourselves as we're looking at art. I don't know. I spent a yeah. lot of time like trying to figure out what is the appeal of horror. So okay. that's why. I, okay. Last question. All right. Um, 
what accomplishment are you most proud of? Ooh, what accomplishment am I most proud of? Um, man, I might say this. Is that weird? Like building a community of, of horror fans that like, like talking about this kind of stuff and having an outlet to, to talk about it, but then also have a people that, you know, are on the official level of, you know, the, you know, people that send you movies or things like that, that actually want to, uh, in, indulge that. Like I got a, I got a, a pass to, to Megacon for you know next weekend. And it's like, that's how cool is that? Like they want you to be there to, to check these things out and report back. And I just think that's kind of like as a teenager, I just never thought that would be a thing. Right. Like I can be in my twenties and thirties and have these people be like, here's movies, here's things like, please talk about them, promote us. And that's like a huge, uh, accomplishment for me, for me, other than being in a band, I was a singer at a horror rock band for six years. That was pretty cool. That was a fun accomplishment. So <laughs> how was yourself? Um, I think for me, uh, I wrote a book and that was a game changer for me. It was like setting my mind to do something that like, okay, I, cause I was, I was trying to be a screenwriter all along and realizing that like, okay, a screenplay is something you have to compromise on so many times or raise the money to do. Yeah. And, um, I was having problems with those sort of things. And so I was like, okay, let me write a book. Mm -hmm. And this will be something that like I can have that will just be entirely my voice and my thoughts and like no budget limits, no shooting limits. It's like this, the only limits are within my imagination of what I'm able to verbalize yeah. on the page and uh, make real on the page. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a book about sex robots called Nymph. And that is like yeah. my proud accomplishment, even though it's made me the least money so far. But I, I <laughs> uh, will see uh, how things pan out over the course of time because... The sex robots are, are on the yeah. way. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. I think that, you know, you you see the the treasure within that, right? Like, you you made that thing come to life. Like you said, there was no bo uh, barriers or walls. It was just everything that you put out there. Um, it's like who you become when you're trying to do something. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, you started out as like the horror guy that people already recognize that you're like the horror guy. Like, you had some expertise and like you figured out how to continue that as a community and yeah. a way to benefit yourself. And it's like, for me, starting and figuring out how to tell the story that I wanted to tell without anybody else interrupting it or like too much other input yeah. was a good exercise for me. And then it's like, after that, it's like, I could write anything. It's like, I've written all kinds of ad copy and reality shows and mm -hmm. screenplays and episodes and movies and skits and like, fucking fake song lyrics for yeah. commercial jingles and did you, know you do I mean? that it's just like okay <laughs> everything is a thing that you can just if you know how to complete one thing you can complete another thing was sort of like where yeah it, it just kind of helps you right like well i'm sure writing that book like kind of like you said it kind of paved your path yeah any endeavor that you you take on it's just like it's you got to do it for yourself or to a certain degree so that's yeah. that for me is probably like a foundational uh achievement for me all right and, so last question, should I get a, should I get a sex robot? Is that a smart thing to do? <laughs> Not at this point. They're creepy. Like they're, they're like the, the way, like you remember when Ghost in the Shell came out a few years ago and like mm -hmm. everybody was like talking so much trash about Scarlett Johansson for starring in that movie. And you know, yeah. basically said whitewashing. Whereas like in the, in the cartoons and comics, I wasn't really clear what 
race major was anyway. I, right. I don't care about race much or gender. I don't care. I yeah. care about ideas. Mm -hmm. My point is, for me, I was like, Scarlett Johansson's one of the few people on this earth who's already had a animatronic created of her. You know, <laughs> right. like, at the time that movie came out, like somebody, I forget who it was. It was like some creepy super fan animator. I'm sorry. Uh, somebody who creates animatronics made it yeah. pretty, a very uncanny valley, but a rendering of her that was a machine. Yeah. And it's for her, you know what I mean? Like, it's like for her to just like look, go on the internet one day and look at it same as I did, but be like, that's me. And this creepy ass dude made it for reasons I don't entirely want to know. And it's yeah. like, you know, then the script comes for Ghost in the Shell and she's like, yeah, I probably have something to say about this. I've thought about this. <laughs> right. Like, did you click I mean, on a link movie, and get the idea to cast me in this? Like, <laughs> I was say, the movie's not great. It's like, it could be better. There's some great sequences in it. It was very studio interference. Yeah. There, but there's some moments in there where I'm just like, man, like this, her being a sex robot it, that has already existed on our plane of existence. Right. It's too meta, you know? <laughs> Yeah, the world is getting so meta so fast. I like to discuss it. Just yeah. Like, okay, how, how meta are things over there with you, you know? Yeah, you posted that thing of all the four-legged dog robots all kind of dancing and shift moments. I was like, ah, man, this is, I don't know. It's it's all getting very, very <laughs> weird. Like, do you have robots in Orlando? Uh, I think there's like one or two restaurants that have like the serving ones that just take you to the table. Downtown, you're right, in downtown, downtown. Oh, no, no, you're talking about like the ones that they have at like I've seen them at um, TGI Fridays and places like that. Yeah. In, in LA, there's actually like small delivery robots mm -hmm. that like basically like they're like a cooler that like locks and unlocks according to like when they've reached their delivery destination. Yeah. But they'll be like rolling up and down the streets as well as like a lot of like security robots that look like the old 50s lost in space robot where it's basically like an egg shaped rolling rolling device that rolls around around la the streets and of it, la yeah it, it's literally on the sidewalks and streets of la and wow. it's sort of i think it's like a deterrent for for homelessness and um people who are sleeping on the sidewalk i think it's meant to creep out people who are already sure you know mentally vulnerable uh -huh. and it fucking works because it's like it's a robot that just and I'll do things when I'll see one on the street. I'll like try to like just walk up to it and see if it'll like jam into me and stuff. But it's like so far no one's they've they known that they've known to uh, steer clear of me and obey the three laws. So what what stops a homeless guy from just like pushing it into the road or peeing on it? I'm sure that they have. But it's like somebody again, I don't know how the investment process, I don't know who the, the company is that's yeah. like sitting in the omnicore of like these fucking robots and issuing them to the city of Los Angeles. But it's like I I promise you I'll just be driving around and be like, Okay, there's a robot in front of that hospital. It's like, okay, I'm over at the new bev watching uh, a movie and like there's a robot just like roving right by on Beverly Boulevard. And it people just, will be walking along the sidewalk and they just kinda of walk on the side and let it pass kind of thing. Really like as if a shopping cart like rolled past you it's like it's about the size of like a baby bassinet or something like the smaller uh delivery robots yeah so I'm just like every day is definitely halloween and the fact that every store that closes in america becomes a spirit halloween <laughs> right the fact that we're slowly taking over yeah i'm just saying it's just like it's there's a lot to discuss here so that's why i'm like Tell me what everything is. Every day's Halloween means to you. It's like I, that's what I want to hear from people. I'm just yeah. like, Halloween is the world. How much are you feeling this every day's Halloween? Thing yeah.
No, it's funny now that. okay, so now that we're at the end of the episode and we've talked about this, I feel like I need another episode to then go in more into depth than than just like, oh, I like spooky stuff because you're right. There's a whole uh, thing going on right now that, yeah, every day is kind of weirdly becoming Halloween. I mean, it just genuinely is like it's like, okay, we're coming out of a pandemic which is like a weird ass dystopian thing mm-hmm. you know it's like the metaverse is being built uh that's a weird ass dystopian thing yeah and then you know there's so many horror movies there's so much true crime popularity there's so many ghost hunter and crypto hunter and like all these shows mm-hmm. uh more and more uh we're getting proof of some sort of alien stuff going on, or at least suggestions of UFOs and mainstream media. Oh, yeah, Shit. right now with the whole uh, weather balloon thing and stuff. It is wild. Like, it's like, yeah. what is what is going on? And, like, how much of this is entertainment versus, like, <laughs> creepy, weird is, is what's interesting to me. Yeah, well, I'm glad I have this show. I'm glad to have you as a co-host so we can talk more and delve more into this in future episodes. Uh yes. It's been super fun. We're going to meet up next weekend, go to MegaCon. Uh, I think probably on Saturday is what I'm looking at. I have to figure out my travel plan still. Things have been a mess, but yeah. um, most likely Saturday will be the day. Cool. All right. Well, all of Saturday. Yeah, you'll be able to tell me like what happens there because I, I really, all I expect is a lot of cosplay. And I'm like, do I... How hot is it in Orlando right now? Is it going to be possible to cosplay? Is it going to be crazy? Oh, yeah. It's all in the convention center, so it's it's very ac But, yeah, it's still super hot here, so. Well, I'll figure these things out. Yeah. All right. Well, good talking to you. Happy happy uh, uh, Friday. Yeah. I happy, hope you have a good weekend. Happy Halloween day. Friday. Uh, by the way, in chat, I just want to say there's a few people. Every day is Halloween. <laughs> That's right. Uh, a few people came in. Egon02 said, oh, my God, Jill, I thought you died. I'm so uh, so happy to see you. What the fuck? Your ass back on YouTube, girl. So some fans. Uh, I, Infinite Sky. A, I don't really have fans. I have friends. I probably know Egon on some level. So yeah. <laughs> Infinite Sky says, howdy. Eric Preston says, Jill learned nothing from Ed209 dot dot dot. See, I did learn something. I did indeed. And but, but again, it's like I, these are not these are not armed bots. These are like literally armless, uh, weaponless bots. So it's, right, yeah, we're, we're okay for right now for the custodian one. I would definitely not be. I would not be as uh, confrontational. Yeah, just start getting worried when they start adding more limbs to these things. They do this floor crawl. I'm not playing with it. I don't like. I'm not as a big fan of the DARPA doggy type robots either. Yeah. I like I like I like Asimos. I like those. <laughs> I like their cute little ways. They, yeah, they have. I, I don't like the so is the doggy ones where they take the shoe and they push like they kick it and it kind of like falls to the side, but it doesn't tip over. It always kind of stays. Like the four-legged ones that yeah. like are really really fast and like sometimes they can do like backflips and stuff. Yeah. Just, like I'm like I don't understand exactly the application of this. It's like I guess it could carry. A backpack into a very like a I, I, again it's just like I'm, i don't know what we're doing yeah <laughs> i've seen reinvented yeah the most recent one i saw was like the one that have you seen it's like a it's like a full guy and he's doing like an obstacle course and he does like a backflip and a front flip and they, like you know kneels down gets up like they can do full things now it's kind of nuts that's what i'm saying it's just like <laughs> the fact that they're just like free free roaming robots in major cities in America right now, just like, okay, like, 
you know, we don't have, we have somewhat self-driving cars. I'm just saying, it's like, this, yeah. we discuss these things. I need, I need a therapy group. <laughs> and I'm we here to help you. Spookies, <laughs> it's like, okay, are we in a chopping mall? Which, 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 which franchise am I in? It's yeah. like, it really is the dream thing. It's like, you can't pick your genre. It's like, no, I'm trying to pick my genre. I like a fun, scary. Yes. Know, like, Lost Boys, Lost Boys is my maximum actual lifetime, like, how much scare I want to deal with. Okay. And even that's too much. I don't want flying, long-haired guys. Like I was going to say, know, there's parts of that movie that are spooky. Are you flying? Like, well, if we go to MegaCon and you were, like, floating around, you're I'd out. be like, peace. Like, <laughs> oh, I got I to I go, man. Like, I'm not down with this floating shit that you're doing. I'm not, I'm not going to hang out on, at this bridge with you and drink blood right now. I'm not into it. The long hair was your warning. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't think I have seen you in daylight. Okay. Oh, you haven't. That's actually kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Saturday. Saturday we'll meet on daylight. It'll be the test. Yeah. All right, Jill. It's good talking with you. Uh, we'll do another episode. Obviously, we won't have one next Friday because we'll be all getting ready for Megacon, but we'll definitely have coverage on it for you guys the following Friday. So. Right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye. And I'm gonna leave you guys with a little ditty tonight. This is from my friend Jamie's band. Uh, her and I used to be uh, part of this little uh, makeup effects crew called the CS Studio Effects, and we would uh, hang out and make make horror monster makeup with uh, like-minded horror fans and just listen to the cramps all night. So that was super fun. Um, she's in a new band out in Louisville, Kentucky, called The Dead Speak. Um, it's part of a new uh, record label. Uh, affirmative records and it's a queer horror carabet uh band and uh, give it a listen this is their new single i'm your cadaver enjoy (laughs) 